The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jess with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Hello, Bengals fans. My name is Matt Minnick, and this is Coach Speak. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bengals' loss to the Chicago Bears. What are some things people are talking about after that game? What their coach has to say about it, and what this coach has to say about it. And we're going to start off with play calling. So, a lot of complaints uh, about this game plan and about it being too conservative. All right, but he's also getting hit a ton. All right, Joe Burrow is getting hit a ton. So, look, you got to pick a lane. Do we want fast passes and getting the ball out, or do we want Joe Burrow getting hit? Because, you know, you kind of have to pick your poison to some extent with the uh, the risk level with those things. Okay, so, look, I get it. They need to take some deep shots. They need to mix it up a little bit more. Um, a lot of complaints about empty. Empty's not going away. Joe Burrow loves it, all right? Uh, empty requires these quick passes because of some of the protection limitations that you have. Uh, and let's not forget that empty unlocks Joe's superpower. All right. Being able to see the whole field. Um, so doing this against a team like the Chicago bears that has some talent, uh, at the pass rusher positions, it wasn't a bad idea, all right? It wasn't uncreative uh, like it's been called. And just because they spent a lot of time in empty and a lot of time running shorter routes and quicker, you know, things in the pass game, it, that doesn't mean it was all the same. So, honestly, it made a lot of sense against this defense, but it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to, all right? And, and the fact is, the short passing game is really an extension of the running game. You hear that about screens all the time. It's the same thing with a short pass game, right? These are passes that you should be able to complete uh, the majority of the time, and it's not good enough just to complete them, all right? Just like in the running game, it's not good enough just to get three yards in a cloud of dust, right? You've got to be able to take those runs and turn them in to bigger plays, all right? It's the same thing with these short passes. You've got to be able to rack them, all right? You've got to be able to run after the catch uh, and make some things happen in, the, in those situations. And you weren't really seeing that. And it's the same problem they had in the run game this weekend. Um, you know, per Zach Taylor, you know, their run game, they didn't have a lot of runs that killed them, all right? They didn't have negative yards, all right? They weren't getting buried behind the chains uh, because of their run game. So 20 for 60 yards for Joe Mixon, I mean, again, 
like you said, it's it's not killing it, but you're not really getting anything positive out of it, and you're certainly not getting any big plays. You know, in both those situations, the receiver in the short pass game, the running back, you've got to be able to make a guy miss every now and then and make something bigger, all right, to make it a bigger threat and, and it has some big play potential even in somewhat of a conservative play call with the run game or the short pass. Um, and, and obviously the run game is going to shot these PAP shots as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about those shot plays as we go along. All right. As it relates to the Bengals identity, they want to build off the run game. All right. And those are Zach Taylor's words. They want to build off their, their run game, make the defense commit an extra guy to the box. And that sets up their playmakers on the perimeter to be able to make plays. But that's a two-way street, right? If they're not committing that guy, you've got to be able to make plays. Uh, Paul Daner Jr. had a great piece for The Athletic this week. I have retweeted it on my Twitter. If you haven't checked it out, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, But they talked about how the Bengals have been wildly unsuccessful running against lighter boxes. Joe Burrow has a 7.7% win rate uh, on those runs compared to an average league ride of 43, all right? And he gets it a little bit into how that stuff's calculated. I won't, I won't draw it out here. Uh, his longest run also in those situations, eight yards. So why are they committing an extra person to that? You know, you're, you're not winning most of the time, all right? So you're getting, uh, you're getting three or less yards, basically, uh, the majority of the time. And then the worst-case scenario is eight yards, who cares? Sign me up for that all day long as a defensive coordinator. I'm going to stay on top of, uh, of T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on the outside. Now, Zach Taylor, you know, asked about this. He said, early in the season, we know we're going to get into a rhythm and have a great run game. So, it's true. They, they do have a new offensive line coach. They've got some new things going on in the run game. New coaching style uh, as well as, as some things scheme-wise they are going to be a little bit different. So there's a bit of a learning curve there. So hopefully it comes along. But that's a big part of the issue that they're having right now is uh, in the run game, they're not creating these big plays. So it's not opening up enough in the pass game. Now, we were all hoping to see some more shots. I know when asked about it after the game, a lot has been made of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, both pointing to the fact that they waited until they were 17 points down to go deep. I think that is a bit misleading. All right, they definitely could have uh, they could have acted faster. Uh, they could have adjusted the game plan a little bit faster. Um, but they were down four points. Um, you know, they they were down seven points. Excuse me, in the beginning of the, of the fourth quarter. Uh, three interceptions later, and they're down 20 to three. You know, like so that's 17 points got on them fast. Uh, the fourth quarter was definitely too late, you know, so they needed to do something. They needed to react faster to those things. Um, when asked about it, Zach Taylor uh, pointed it out that they did have shot calls played, but the coverage took them away from those deeper shots. And and that's true. Look, you can see watching the film, uh, you know, one of uh, the, the Burrow pick to Roquan Smith. You know, people talk about, well, he's forcing it. He's trying to make something happen. Well, if you're forcing it, I don't know why you don't force it to Jamar Chase on the wheel, right? You, like there was a deeper route available there that he could have taken a shot at, uh, and he took a shot at that that route that was underneath. So 
yes, there were some other routes being run, whether it was the coverage took him there, whether it was Burrow's choice. I think it's it's hard to put all of that on the coaches uh, because some of those routes were being run. Now, you can definitely say, well, why aren't they running you know, a, a nine-man protection and sending two guys deep? You know, We have seen some of those things out of them in the past. Uh, one of their favorite play-action passes uh, over the last couple of years is, is something that works similar to that, where you don't have really underneath options. So why weren't they running that? Why didn't we see that? You can definitely make that criticism. Um, so that, that is definitely a good point. But guys were running deeper routes. There were some options there. Burrow didn't go to them with the ball, whether it be his active decision, his reads, or just how fast the, the pass rush is getting on him. Uh, that didn't happen. Now, one thing, as we talk about this, and we talk about criticizing the, the coaching staff and the play calling, Zach Taylor did point out uh, the Rams uh, had them on the ropes. Right? They got out to an early lead in that game in week one, and that, that changed things a little bit. All right? It made things a little bit easier. Their defense couldn't get after them quite as well uh, because the Rams were able to be a little bit more balanced throughout the game. Um, and... You know, that, that speaks to the fact of, okay, well, yeah, the Bears got the ball first. They went down, they scored a touchdown. Why weren't you doing more in that first drive, you know, to, to put pressure on them? Why wasn't there that urgency there that, hey, we can't get down on this team. We need to get up on this team to go ahead and, and take a shot, you know, and to, and to try and do something uh, big on that first drive to jump out to that lead, all right, or to, to at least match the seven points that the, that the Bears put up on that, uh, their, their first drive. And uh, you know, I think you can say the same thing about the, the field goal. Uh, the Bengals potentially could have had a field goal, uh, third and five, I believe it was, something like that. And they, they took a sack, got knocked out of field goal range on their first drive. If they were able to get that field goal in the first drive, maybe they get something going on the next drive. You know, Could that have kept them in a better position where the offense could have kept the defense off of them a little bit? You know, we'll never know, <laughs> but that's uh, one factor to, to look at as far as those things are concerned. Now, uh, Jamar Chase was targeted four times deep over the last two weeks, and Joe B- uh, Goodberry tweeted out a video showing all four of those targets. If you haven't seen that, I've retweeted it, uh, and obviously it's on uh, Goodberry's Twitter as well. But when, when going deep to Jamar Chase, uh, two for four for two touchdowns. I'll take that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, so run more of those plays, right? You, you're seeing the success rate with it. You see the connection uh, between Burrow and Chase. Um, you see the separation, you know, that, that that separation that we were told that Chase couldn't do, that people were saying he's not fast, which was always ridiculous. Hey, you're seeing it, you know, and, and, and Chase is getting out there. And, and the other ones, he was open – He's pretty open in, in the other ones as well, you know, and they got to get him a better, better ball. So we'll talk a little bit more about Chase at the end and something that they can do to get some more of those connections. Uh, but I want to double back and talk about the predictability. Look, there's more to calling an offense than, you know, this is a deep ball, this is a short ball, uh, this is a run, this is a pass. So I don't think that they were – super predictable. I think that the Roquan Smith uh, interception, Burrow 
really led him on it. Uh, like he he was staring down that side of the field. Roquan Smith was really essentially like the backside linebacker on that play, um, and shouldn't have floating flown flowed that far uh, across the field, but. Because he did, like he was kind of unaccounted for. I don't think Burrow saw him, and he got underneath that ball. I thought it was a really bad pick right away because I thought he was really the middle linebacker in that situation, uh, and that's a guy that Burrow would have to know where he is. He would have to account for. It'd be really bad football to not know where that guy is. Uh, but he was the backside guy, and again, I think that's because Burrow was staring it down. Because Burrow stared it down, that's something that they could have potentially gone to later in the game. Like they had CJ Uzama on the backside uh, because really Smith needed to be inside of that route, but. Uh, that's not what happened, obviously, uh, and, and they got that pick. So I, I really put that more on Burrow. I don't think that's a predictability factor. Uh, I really think that's, that's on Burrow. Uh, the Jalen Johnson pick, I'll give, I'll give you that one. Uh, you know, the, he jumped the ball. You know, he, he aggressively jumped that route. I think a little bit so on Burrow because I think Burrow projected that one as well. I think the receiver didn't run a very good route, uh, didn't really threaten push vertically. Um, but yeah, then there's also the fact that they've been throwing a lot of shorter passes. Uh, so, you know, he looked at it, he took a shot and he jumped the thing and he, and he made the pick. I mean, that was a great play by that corner. Um, I think you can spread around some of the blame for that one. I think definitely some of that does go under the coaching staff, uh, into the predictability in, in this week's play calls. And then the last one, look, bad block by Joe Mixon. Burrow hit as he threw. I mean, it was... That thing didn't have a prayer. I mean, that, I think Burrow after the game thought it was a fumble. Uh, like, so that's um, goes in the books as an interception, but that one's really not on him, and it's not really on any kind of predictability or anything along those lines either. So, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That brings us to the pass protection. When asked about that and all the hits that Joe Burrow is taking, Zach Taylor basically said that the QB hits is kind of an odd stat uh, and that, you know, what counts as that? Does he even know he's getting hit some of those times? Uh, so he, you know, drew some attention to how that stat is a bit misleading sometimes. And he said people run away with that, that they aren't really that concerned uh, with that number, uh, but that they are aware of the hits that he's taking. Uh, he also pointed out he's, feels like nine different guys were responsible for some of these sacks. So when you look at that and you judge the offensive line sometimes, like you've got a receiver not running a screen, that's responsible for a sack. Uh, so where are the problems? You know, where is that coming from? And when you're having these issues coming from all over the place, um, you could say it's a scheme issue. Uh, but at this point, it might just be an issue with people not really understanding the scheme. You know, not quite being on the same page. Uh, so again, we talk about we talk about play calling, you know, versus execution, and I think it's the same sort of situation here. Um, is it is a bad scheme? I don't necessarily know that it is. 
it may just be that it hasn't been taught very well yet. All right, there's that learning curve. They've got to catch up with it. Pittsburgh this week, they got to get this thing figured out. Uh, but you know, you've got to look at it. you've got a, a brand new offensive line coach. You've got the center who barely played in the preseason. You know, who's who's uh, coming off of an injury, and you know he's kind of the leader up there. Um, so you've got some pieces that haven't really been together that long. They've got to come around and mesh and figure it out. But I think there is hope for that. All right. Uh, now, again, it's got to happen. Like, it's, it's got to happen fast. All right. They, they can't wait until after the bye week, uh, like the first uh, year with Zach Taylor, where they, they weren't running the ball at all. The offensive line was terrible. And then they kind of redid things in the plane home from, from London. Like, you can't wait that long. Like, you got to figure this stuff out now. Uh, but I'm, all I'm, I'm trying to point out is maybe it's coming. You know, maybe it's coming. Maybe these, these people just kind of need to mesh. Now, we do have uh, Xavier Suofilo day-to-day at that guard position. Uh, so, looking like an opportunity, looking like a chance. The second-round pick, Jackson Carmen, will get the start. Uh, Zach Taylor said he's confident in Jackson Carmen. Uh, Frank Pollock emphasizes uh, that all those guys are one play away from being the starter. All right, again, these are Zach Taylor's words. Um, and, and it's been noted that Jackson Carmen is putting in extra work. Uh, staying after practice, you know, we, we, we saw those clips uh, during training camp of him working with Frank Pollock after practice. Uh, Zach Taylor points to the fact that he's working with a lot of guys, uh, putting in extra work with a lot of guys, Frank Pollock is, and that Frank Pollock is out there during the defensive segments, uh, coaching the scout team guys really hard. So you got to think about it too. They're like they have ten offensive linemen, uh, really eleven with the, with the practice squad. Like you're not a starter, you're on the practice squad. Or excuse me, you're not if you're not a starter, uh, you're basically taking reps with that um, that scout team. You know that that offensive look team. Um, so I mean that, that's great to hear. You know Pollock's out there, and even though he might not know what the Bears scheme is perfectly or the Vikings scheme or anything like that. Uh, he's out there and he's, he's looking at what Jackson Carmen's doing and what, um, you know, Trey Smith what, what uh, Fred Johnson, all these guys, like what they're doing. And he's coaching them on their technique and trying to get things right in these reps that they have, even though they aren't within their scheme. So it's good to hear those things. And look, this could be, this could be it for, for Jackson Carmen. Like this is an opportunity right here. I think that first game when he came out, I didn't think he looked terrible. He just looked like a guy that showed up to camp a week late to me. And the next time we saw him was like, okay, now he looks all right. But like you would have rather seen this a week ago, you know? So now uh, if he gets this start week three of the season, you know, hopefully it looks like you expect him to look in week one of the season. You know what I mean? Like as as a rookie coming in, hopefully kind of that stuff has caught up with him. Uh, Because I did think we saw some positive movement in the preseason like people out there calling him bust we don't know we really haven't seen it yet and i'm not saying he's going to go out there and and be able to uh you know block cam hayward and these guys uh, but let's give the guy a shot you know throw him in the fire and and see what he can do moving on uh zach taylor also talked about what happened in the game how the game kind of got away from them that it was a couple of third downs that they they couldn't keep drives sustained in that first half. They didn't have a lot of opportunities uh, because they missed on a couple of, of third and medium situations. Um, again, this is something we've seen with this team before, that, that 
some of these situations you need to win, they struggle in. You know, we saw that in the, in the goal line last year. Here we saw it in these third down situations. So they need to, to learn to win those situations, whether it be an emphasis in game planning, who's doing the game planning. Uh, people talk a lot about Zach Taylor and as the play caller. And look, they've got an offensive coordinator too. You know, and, and we don't know exactly how that relationship works. Um, but, you know, Callahan may be focused on certain situations. Uh, that's, you know, the way the, the Eagles did it when, when they were really good a few years ago. Uh, Callahan's got to play a large role, you know, because he's not coming here to be the offensive coordinator and not call the plays unless they gave him something. And I, I think to some extent, Zach Taylor keeps that close to his chest, probably to protect Callahan uh, from criticism. So, you know, a lot of these things with, oh, well, he should give a play calling duties. You know, some of the things we're complaining about are probably not 100% on him. Um, but whatever it is, like, it's, it's not working with these situations. You know, they've got to figure out how to get better on third downs uh, and, you know, winning the, win the red zone. Like, those are the, those are the are key areas uh, that people need to work on. And now, obviously, the story of the second half is the turnovers. Um, all those turnovers happening so quick. You see the poise with Burrow, though. Like he just comes back out firing, throwing touchdowns after that. Um, per per Zach Taylor, our guys didn't panic. They kept focused. Um, they knew there was time left in the game. They believed that they could win. They went down. They scored. All right. Then they got a, a turnover. They scored again. All right. So look, offense didn't give up. Defense didn't give up. This thing, I. Seen people like, oh well, it's kind of garbage time. No, it's not garbage time. The game's not over. All right, they had a chance to win that thing. They had a chance to come back at it. Um, they believe, you know, they believe in each other. They believe in this coaching staff, and those things are all good signs. We need to see more of it. We need to see it executed. We need to see it finished. But those things are all good signs. And as Zach Taylor said after the game, uh, we lost, so nothing was good enough. And Look, that's true. Like, you, you got to own it. You got to take accountability for it. And, you know, whether it be the, the defense, the defense looked excellent. The defense got a key turnover at the right time. Um, they got one turnover. <laughs> you know, like, 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 hey, that's good. They're looking a lot better than last year, but you have to hold those guys to a high standard. And obviously, the offense, you can't give up that many turnovers, right? You can't do that. You can't, um, you know, play so poorly on third downs. You can't fail to generate really anything of significance in the run game so yeah none of that's good enough uh, you've got to figure out how to win sometimes some of those areas are going to be bad and the other areas have to step up so uh, I, I like that comment I like that 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 attitude they've really got to figure those things out now let's double back and talk about Chase we spent a little bit of time on Jackson Carmen uh, Chase the other rookie look Chase's made his presence known you know we have two deep passes for touchdowns in two weeks that's huge that's a component that was missing from this offense big time over the last couple of years but there's still some things that, that he needs to work on all right uh it looked like it was probably him who didn't run the screen uh that caused one sack um obviously a lot of people have uh commented on his missed block on the short yard situation when they motioned him in Probably not the best guy to do that with, but you know what? He's got to be able to do that stuff. Uh, that was Eddie Jackson, a top safety. Um, and how are you going to do that? Well, he needs to understand. He's coming in motion. He needs to put himself in a little bit further. He needs to step a little bit different with that and get that block done and realize how important that is, which I think is lost on a lot of receivers sometimes, especially a lot of college receivers sometimes, how important 
that is uh, and that situation is. So those are some little things you can work on. And, and I'll also point out, when you look at the deep balls, the incompletions, he did, he did pretty well on. And, and look, the, that first week, that one was pretty tight on the sidelines. He kind of just started to get by. I get it. But last week's incompletion uh, on the deep ball, he smoked that dude. I mean, he flew by that guy. Now he needs to help Burrow out a little bit. Okay, He's already run by him, but he's running right down the sidelines. And what that is, is it gives Burrow a really small window. right? You've got that, that 12th defender of the sideline right there. And what did Burrow do? He sailed it out of bounds. Okay, Burrow and Joe Goodberry had a, a great comment. I, I mentioned I was going to talk about this in the podcast. Uh, you know, he made a, a great comment uh, on on Twitter about this. That look, when you're a quarterback, like it's easy for us looking at all 22 to say, well, yeah, you can just throw right there. Um, you can't necessarily tell where the sideline is when you're throwing those fade balls, like seeing exactly where the numbers are or you know, things along those lines, like on those outside deep balls, that's really hard to even see that and conceptualize where those things are when you're on the field. So you kind of got to use, you have to expect the receiver to be on a certain landmark and you got to really kind of use that receiver more as the landmark than anything. And with Chase, look, he gets by the guy. He outside releases and gets by the guy. And that's what you got to do on these outside fade routes. But when you get by the guy, now you got to stack him. You got to get on top of him, all right? What that does is it prevents him, like, you can't really catch up now as the defender, all right? Because you don't have an angle because you, you you just have to chase, all right? You're running behind him. And now stacking him, Chase can come a little bit more inside, all right? Just getting a little bit closer to the numbers. And now that gives Burrow a window, okay? It gives him more than just throwing the ball perfectly right on the sideline. It gives him a window where there's space for him to overthrow it a little bit and for Chase to be able to uh, run underneath it, okay? You need that space. You can't really play that way to the inside because there's always a a risk that there's a safety or somebody flying over that can make that play. You throw it a little bit, you know, too far to the inside, there's that risk that, you know, the guy, uh, the defender that that you just blew by, all right, he's still inside of you. you So there's a risk that he can run underneath that thing and make a play on it, all right? But... If you help the quarterback out by stacking him, by getting a little bit away from the sideline, that creates some space over there where the quarterback can put the ball where only you can make the play. And Again, you have that on any deep ball, but if you create the space, it's more of that and less of the, or it goes flying out of bounds. So Chase can definitely uh, help Burrow out with that stuff. I don't put that entirely on him. Those, those balls are hard to throw. Um, and... It wasn't an arm strength issue. Like, he threw it past him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're talking about the arm strength thing. Um, so, he, he can help him out by uh, giving him a little bit more room to throw to, uh, space, grass, really, to throw to on those balls. So, those are some of the things that, that I see. Some of the ways I interpret some of the comments we, we saw from Zach Taylor this week. I think there are a lot of positives with this team right now. The defense has been playing very well. They're going to be challenged more. We're going to see some better offenses. Uh, we're going to see Aaron Rodgers uh, in a few weeks, and we'll see how those things go. All right, so you know they've got to sustain it. They've got to stay healthy. All right? We saw with with the the health of the defensive line uh, how that deteriorated deteriorated pretty quickly last uh, year. So they've got to be able to, to to maintain it. You know, it's not good enough to do it for a couple of weeks. But look, we we're finally seeing what that defense was meant to be, what they expected it to be. We could see more turnovers. Uh, we could see uh, 
you know, more turnover opportunities. And I, and I think we should expect that. Okay. Because winning defense in the NFL isn't, isn't holding teams to a certain number of points. It's winning in the red zone. Cause you know, you're going to give up yards, but if you can, if you can give up field goals instead of touchdowns, you can win football games, especially when Joe Burrow is a quarterback and it's creating turnovers. And where are turnovers, it's an opportunity. It's stealing a possession, and it's putting the ball back in Joe Burrow's hands. And that's how this team needs to work. It needs to be about creating opportunities for Joe Burrow. Running the ball effectively uh, against light boxes is about putting the ball in Joe Burrow's hands with not that many guys in coverage, all right, and being able to, to have him let it rip. And the same thing defensively, okay? You get the ball, get the turnover, so you give Joe Burrow another chance to make plays. Because I think we all know if you give that guy enough sh- shots, um, he's going to make some things happen. Well, once again, I'm Matt Minnick. This was Coach Speak. I uh, will be coming to you every week after the Bengals game. And uh, following up with some of the comments that have been made by the coaching staff and what this coach thinks about everything that's going down. Yeah, we're coming for Who day? Yeah, we're coming for